It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Carthago Delenda asked, hello, and welcome to Everything's Political. I'm your host, Taya Shoemake. You can find us online at everythingspolitical.org. The email address for the show is podcast at everythingspolitical.org. Shout out to Magic Man Joe Strecker, the rolled doll of podcast producers. Who is that, you say, Joe? Rolled doll, the famous children's author, born on this day in 1916. He is famous for writing Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Matilda, James and the Giant Peach. I think he co-wrote Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. That is going way back. And he also had a very uh, diverse, exciting life um, when I read about him. He, instead of going to Cambridge or Oxford, joined Shell Oil Company to go on an adventure. You know, those lovely oil companies that go colonate other countries and take their oil. <laughs> Oh, I'm not allowed to say that, am I? Anyway, he wanted to go on adventures in, I think he started in Newfoundland and uh, went to Tanzania, etc. Then he also became a World War II fighter pilot and I believe was sent to France. After that, he became, I believe, an attache uh, for the U.S. government. So interesting, very interesting life. We always tried to read about the authors of the stories we read just to give more context. And I think he was, he used to be criticized for uh, the child characters in his books. And I, I think of Matilda when I think of this criticism, um, being extra harsh on the adults who mistreat them. And, you know, his point was hey, children have a, a different sense of humor. <laughs> Uh, different breaking points, etc. Anyway, his his points were valid, but certainly wrote stories that kept everyone's interests. Uh, I think of both adults and children. But speaking of keeping one's interest or doing stuff in other people's best interest, the story from New York we're going to start out reading here. Uh, let's see, Gateway Pundit and. Democratic governor gave COVID test contract to donor. Oh, shocker, Joe. And they charged the state double. Huh. This was just by a, a staffer at the Gateway Pundit. It start, The article starts out, New York Governor Kathy Hochul paid a New Jersey-based company $637 million for COVID tests during the Omicron wave. The company Digital Gadgets 
received up to $13 per unit at a time when companies were charging as low as $5 a unit. The company is tied to almost $300,000 in donations to Hochul's campaign. They quote here from the New York Post. Governor Kathy Hochul had New Yorkers pay twice as much, at least, for COVID tests from a company tied to nearly $300,000 in donations to her campaign compared to other state vendors. A new report details raising, uh, raising fresh concerns of alleged pay-to-play behavior ahead of the November 8th election. Alleged? I don't think we even need to use that modifier. Good Lord. Uh, the Gateway Pundit piece continues here. They spent far more on tests from Digital Gardens than other companies, and they list those other companies. So Digital Gadgets, again, they charge the state of New York, that is the taxpayers of New York, paid $637 million for these tests. There was another company called iHealth. They would have charged $120 million. That's like $500 million. Delta. Spectrum Medical, 80 million. That's like even more of a Delta. And Abbott Labs, 12 million. Uh, Bill Hammond, Senior Fellow for Health Policy at the Empire Center for Public Policy, expressed concern over the deal, saying the administration was charged more than a consumer buying a test in a retail store. This is despite the fact the administration bought in bulk. So let's be very clear. It wasn't the administration or governor of New York who was charged more for these tests than a retail store would charge. It's the taxpayers of New York who paid for these. They were charged exorbitant amounts. Okay, so there was uh, the, this piece quotes the Times Union. Despite buying 52 million tests in bulk, the administration paid digital gadgets as much or more than consumers would pay in a retail store. The Hammond reviewed the records obtained by the Times Union and was struck by the significantly higher price the administration, I would say taxpayers, paid digital gadgets, resulting in hundreds of millions in additional spending. What a return on investment. And that's not on the taxpayer side, that's for digital gadgets. We're going to invest $300,000 in your campaign, Kathy Hochul, and you will direct the purchase of all these tests during the Omicron wave to us. So I get a lot of questions about this term I'm going to use here in a minute. But if we were to read, let's say we're doing research or we are teaching a class and this article or topic comes up, let's say it's a critical thinking class and we read this article, here's how I would categorize this situation. At the top right-hand side of this article that I would staple together, I would write, quote, pay to play. It's pretty clear, right? Pay to play. I would then put the article as evidence or research or support for when I teach this class again into a manila 
file folder and you know they all have tabs at the top either the left or the middle or the right wherever that is I would write on that tab public private partnerships so pay to play goes on the actual article on the manila envelope in which I'll put this article is private or public private partnerships and when I go file the manila folder I'm going to walk it over to a cabinet and Joe, I'm going to use the F word here, man. You better watch it. Ready? The file cabinet has a big effing F on it. You know what it stands for? Fascism. And I bring this up because not a lot of people understand it. And it's been going on for so long. Everybody thinks these public private partnerships are so awesome. No, let me tell you who thinks they're awesome government because they get the donations from the companies and the business because they get the business when their candidate to whom they donated gets into office and the taxpayer funds are directed toward the products and services of that business that's pay to play public private partnerships that's fascism now fascism has been bastardized no one knows what it is because it's just become a swear word. Heck, Orwell wrote about that in the 1940s. He said, no one knows what fascism is because we've reduced it to a swear word. And we throw it at conservatives, we throw it at socialists, we throw it at communists and Nazis and all of the different economical and political spectrum-isms. So that it's just a measure of shame an appeal to shame basically but that's what this is and it's it, it it fits under Oppenheimer's dichotomy of political capitalism and market capitalism we've talked about that before market capitalism I should say parenthetically free market capitalism is when businesses compete in the arena better services and products at the best prices who wins in that scenario Joe do you know yeah the customer we the people win in that scenario when you have a true free market capitalism situation going on then there's political capitalism that's what this is and it's a form of fascism we would call it crony capitalism does the state of New York own digital gadgets no, so they don't own the capital, they don't own the business, but they're controlling the business and it's a, you know, it's a tit for tat. It's a reciprocal relationship. You could also say digital gadgets control now the taxpayers of New York or tax dollars of New York. That's political slash crony capitalism. So government doesn't officially own the product or service or intellectual property but it's controlling it and in return they get a nice big bump in their campaign contributions isn't that wonderful for the government and for the the company but who loses in that situation the same people who win in the opposite situation taxpayers lose we the people lose why well just read it Six hundred and thirty seven million dollars 
when you could have gone to Abbott Labs and got the same amount for $12 million? I'll forget for a moment the ridiculous premise that you need these tests because this is too good of an example to pass up. And it all filters up to the F word. There you have it. That should be grounds for impeachment or recall or whatever. Uh, Big Pharma, Joe, why, why hasn't been, Big Pharma been called out by our usual saber rattlers? I've heard Fauci called out. The, the Congress critters don't ever step over the line and they do it under the guise of, well, they're private companies. Not really. Not if government is running the show. It's just like big tech. Well, they're private companies. They can do what they want. They're not doing what they want. Well, they are if it fits their political narrative. But when government is running the show, in return for whatever, doubling down on the narrative or campaign contributions, that's political slash crony capitalism. But I don't hear any Congress critter. And if I'm wrong, please email the show, podcast at everythingspolitical.org. I don't hear any criticism of Pfizer, Moderna, J&J, or AstraZeneca. And why is that? Because our Congress critters are owned by those companies, just like our government is. Now, there's a lot of people in that bed. Right, Joe? I mean, good Lord, there's lots of STDs in that government bed. China, big pharma, big tech, the media. But that's what this is. And it doesn't benefit we the people who work hard to pay our bills, to put money on the table. I don't want government telling business to do uh, what to do or vice versa. We the people should be telling government what to do and keeping them accountable to their oaths. But this is outrageous. If, Joe, if you and I were to create this scenario on our own, we'd be in jail. And yet, there she is, who called, what, what, what was her ridiculous thing? The jabs are like Jesus. <sighs> She's why I'm a misogynist. 90% of the time, women like her, good Lord. So speaking of big pharma, well, kind of related to big pharma, I came across an article and I'm not gonna belabor the, the issues with the jab, but this article kind of confirms what we've been saying. And so I just wanted to hit the point briefly. It's a piece from the Epoch Times and the title is age is the most important factor in the post-COVID vaccination events, adverse events. And there was a study that was done. Now, when I read this article, when I, or the title, I was like, well, of course it is. And my mind went back to early 2020 when I think it was Michael, Michael Knowles I don't think it was Alex Berenson, uh, or it, might, it could have been Phil Kelpern, who, you know, there was a group, a, a very small group of people 
who were out there looking for evidence what the government was saying about this virus. Right, because there really wasn't any other than in the nursing homes, and that's exactly where their focus ended. And it was one of those three people, I believe, who came up with the fact that the age factor, the degree to which the age factor matters in the virus and its adverse effects is exponential. And of course, no one picked up on that because that wasn't the narrative. They wanted you to think, they wanted everyone to think that people of all ages were going to die gasping for air waiting on a hospital bed after saying there was nothing to see here two weeks prior. So we knew early on that the actual man-made virus had the worst effects on our older people. Makes sense. They're at risk more so than anyone else because they're older. They're more at risk for cancer. They're more at risk for autoimmune. They're more at risk for whatever. So it makes perfect sense that the jab would produce the same effect on our old people, right? This is the point I want to drive. Both the virus and the jab do the same thing. They get into your body and they exploit weaknesses, usually of an inflammatory origin or nature. Yes, they can cross the blood-brain barrier. Yes, they're linked with clots, et cetera. And a lot of, uh, you know, our older people with comorbidities or underlying issues are just more susceptible to that as they are everything else. And again, we mentioned last time that uh, Pierre Corey over at the FLCCC.com, Frontline COVID Critical Care, I believe is what it stands for. Um, they have a whole protocol now for people that have been vaccinated or jabbed and they want to make sure that's out of their system. So that makes sense, right? Both the virus and the jab do the same thing. The shot, more so because it's in your body longer. I mean, that just makes sense. And they make the point over at FLCCC to, for instance, increase your intermittent fasting, right? Which yields a, a process called autophagy. For those who of you who are intermittent fasters, we are in this, this abode. Um, autophagy is when your body gets rid of basically bad, old, or almost mutating proteins. Kind of cleans up. It's kind of like the sweeper and gets rid of them. Helps all areas, whether it's the, the jab or the effects of it. You know, I read that, and this is just an example of why staying in your body longer matters. The lead cytokine that's a inflammatory element that damages your body in COVID-19 is produced in fat cells. So if, if you have an excess of fat cells, COVID-19 is going to, both the virus and the jab 
is going to affect you differently and most likely negatively, right? That's why uh, we found out all the people, or not all the people, but a lot of the people having adverse reactions from either the virus or the jab were obese. And that's why they remain a high-risk stratifier, right? So I just wanted to make that point and how important it is to get on or remain on a healthy lifestyle. I know it's hard. Because like I said before, sometimes it's hard not to crush a box of goldfish. But try to resist, we must. All right. Speaking of resisting, I found this, Joe. Someone forwarded it to me. Well, I didn't find it. Someone forwarded it to me. And I've traced it back to a Spanish biologist. So they translated it into English, but I did find the website. And it was a message to the unvaccinated. Now, I came, uh, the person who forwarded it to me received it from uh, Dr. Mercola. And so I went to his website first, and he received it from Pierre Corey, who is one of the co-founders of the Frontline COVID Critical Care website, and who now has the, his entire practice is dedicated toward helping people who have had adverse effects from the jab. He was the guy, Joe, at the conference when I went to the RFK Junior Conference, who sat there when he introduced himself he said i was a typical new york liberal i read the new york times every day cover to cover and believed every word now this was two years ago two and a half years ago whatever he's talking prior to COVID. and i remember i was in the audience not far from him and when he said that i uh, and other people heard me i was i read the new york times cover to cover believed every word and i just went wow really i mean he's my age I recognize that the New York Times used to be a respectable publication, but good Lord, that ship has sailed. If they get anything right now, it's accidental or they're playing into someone's narrative. So Pierre Corey sent this to Dr. Mercola, who has, by the way, been on the functional medicine train before it was cool, and it is called a message to the unvaccinated. And it said, it says here that from this, uh, ostensibly from the Spanish biologist, I admire the unvaccinated for withstanding the greatest pressure I've ever seen, even from partners, parents, children, friends, colleagues, and doctors, people who were capable of such personality and critical ability are undoubtedly some of the best of humanity. They are everywhere in all ages, levels of education, states, and ideals. They are the soldiers that every army wants to have in its ranks. They are the parents that every child wants to have and the children that every parent dreams of having. They are the essence of the people who have built all cultures and conquered horizons. They are there next to you. They look normal, but they're not. <laughs> they did what others could not or would not. They were the tree that withstood the hurricane of insults, discrimination, and social exclusion. And they did it because they thought they were alone and believed they were the only ones. Banned from their family's tables at Christmas, 
they never saw anything so cruel. They lost their jobs, let their careers sink, had no more money. They suffered immeasurable discrimination, denunciation, betrayal, and humiliation, but kept going nonetheless. Never before in humanity has there been such a casting. Women, men, old, young, rich, poor, of all races or religions, the unvaccinated, the chosen of the invisible ark. Wow. The only ones who managed to resist when everything collapsed. Now, he gets a little hyperbolic here, I think, but that's you. You passed an unimaginable test that many of the toughest Marines, commandos, Green Berets, astronauts could not. You are made of great stuff, born among ordinary men who glow in the dark. Now, it's attributed to Anon, but they have traced it back to this Spanish biologist. Um, so, who was vaccinated? by the way. A little hyperbolic, but very interesting given Spain's trajectory. I mean, they went complete Soviet at one point, but interesting the degree to which the red pill shows through this, through this writing. And, you know, what I, what I wish he would have gone into is a lot of the people who resisted for whatever reason, did so for those who could not, if that makes any sense whatsoever. Because it, we knew it was wholly wrong to force someone to choose between their job or their jab. And if I were a lawyer, practicing lawyer, my pro, my pro bono work would be finding new and innovative ways to sue every company who did that until the cows come home because that was wrong. In fact, I would bring those companies up at Nuremberg too, if it happens, because they were, took part in forcing people into an experimental study where we were the lab rats without informed consent. They did it without going down any rabbit holes. They did it just to check a box consequences be damned. And I'm telling you, we have got to start holding people accountable, holding companies accountable, holding government accountable. What happens when you don't? Well, you get recidivism, which essentially means they continue to do it. Kind of like this little SOB in Beaumont, Texas, who had been jailed before multiple times for different offenses, but certainly for assault. I don't know if you've seen this, Joe, but boy, it was tough to get through because that could be my kid or your kid, meaning the one that got beat up. So this is a story by Jim Hoft, defenseless student brutally beaten by a teenager at Westbrook High School. Assailant was arrested, it was not his first arrest, and he nearly killed this child. The article starts, in a now viral video, a defenseless student is seen being brutally assaulted by a teenager in one of the boys' restrooms at Westbrook High School, while other students watched the horrific incident. Good Lord. Okay, let me stop there. You see a woman in Pennsylvania being raped on the train and you're gonna whip out your phone? How about you whip out 
the traveling law firm of Smith and Wesson and give that piece of crap an immediate consult. Head or gut? And I'd add a two-word explicative there. So we're just going to stand by and watch this go. What, are you afraid of getting beat up too? Well, I bet if you got two, three of your friends to jump on his back and sit on his sorry ass until the cops got there, you might prevail. The moral courage is, uh, it's gone. It's just effing gone. From bullies to rapists on a train to Kens and Karens who want you to lose your job and your life because you won't put a flipping diaper on your face. Good Lord. Peace continues. The videos circulating online show a teenager slamming the other student against the wall, severely injuring his head. Now, this student is one of those, looks like a freshman. He's one of those little teeny scrawny freshmen who hasn't grown up yet physically. He probably won't now. The article says that he's Carol. Uh, uh, they're confirming the report claimed that the incident left this kid paralyzed. While the teenager continued to hit him in the face, in the head, the student on the floor tried to defend himself by covering up. He appeared to be struggling for air, and then the teenager kicked him in the chest. Well, gee, that sounds familiar. Are we going to have riots? Are we going to burn down cities? Are we going to paint murals of this kid on our brick buildings? Are we going to rename streets? Are we going to tear down statues? It's a rhetorical question. The Beaumont Independent School District, so this is in Texas, released a statement following the incident. Beaumont is aware of recent videos surfacing that involve a violent incident. This behavior is unacceptable and these acts of violence displayed will not be tolerant, tolerated. Beaumont police and administration investigated the content of the videos and identified all students participating in the physical altercation. Disciplinary actions have been taken to the fullest extent. The district will continue working to ensure that this type of behavior does not occur on any campus. Let me give you some advice. I think there are a lot of former Navy SEALs in Texas, aren't there, Joe? That seems to be where they congregate. Now, Beaumont is right across the line there from Louisiana. So, and I don't know where those people are, where those former Navy SEALs are, but I can guarantee them to you that you put a Navy SEAL outside those bathrooms, this doesn't happen. Just do it for a couple of weeks. Maybe do it intermittently so they're not sure if they're going to be there that day or not. Better yet, get a couple of dads who are built like linebackers. Stand them outside the door or in the halls. You don't have to say anything. Just walk and watch. Councilman Mike Getz, this piece continues, also posted on his Facebook account after the video went viral. You can see the video, by the way, at Gateway Pundit. Here is his statement. Um, I was asked to be the school district's ambassador. The morning after our first night of ambassador training, my cell phone was blowing up with people sending me links to a horrific incident at Westbrook. A student was brutally beaten in one of the boys' restrooms while other students watched. The video is all over social media. Being an ambassador does not mean that you have to put blinders on and live in a world of unicorns and rainbows. The district failed this young man because it did not provide him a safe learning environment. 
I have spoken with the district attorney's office and the superintendent. There is a simple solution to this particular problem and it needs to be implemented. You place adult monitors at the door of the restrooms. I am told that policy had already been implemented, but that someone failed to show up to monitor the restroom as they were supposed to do. They were probably in critical race theory training, Joe. They need to be held accountable. As for the assailant, assailant, he has been charged, he has been arrested and will likely be charged with robbery in addition to assault and will hopefully be prosecuted as an adult. This is not his first rodeo. He has been arrested before, but current state and federal law allow these offenders back on campus after a relatively short stay at a juvenile detec detention facility. These are issues that need to be addressed at the legislative level in Austin and congressional level in DC. But for now, we need to demand that our local school district implement a policy of placing monitors at the doors of restrooms, limiting the number of students that can go into a restroom and the capacity of the restroom and keeping them locked, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Hoft continues here, online users condemn the horrific incident. One user saying, I wouldn't call that a fight. That's assault with intent to kill. Well, amen to that because that's exactly what, that wasn't a fight. So what happens here? Look, we talked about the same thing with the Uvalde situation and the cops that hung outside. Oh man, I wanna say something nasty, Joe. Take a deep breath. <laughs> you know, twiddling their thumbs while this guy was inside shooting babies, our babies. Let me tell you, when a bully's switch is flipped, like it has in this situation, or a mental patient like it did at Uvalde or whatever his issue was, it doesn't matter. You no longer try to explore the mind of the bully. You no longer try to befriend the bully. You no longer try to isolate the bully. Once that switch has flipped, you have to stop the aggressor. You stop the bully. Now, in this situation, the victim did not have a chance to ball up his fist and get in a good shot. And it may not have mattered. This kid was twice the victim's size. But we have got to teach our kids to fight back. Because whether you win or lose, that bully at least knows you will fight back. You encroach upon my right to life, liberty, and property, we're going to rumble. In whatever manner protects my life, liberty, and property. But this kid, this bully, this little bastard, beating up on someone clearly half his size. And I don't care what the impetus was. I don't care. You know, you hear all this to say violence, violence, no, 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 violence, violence. Okay, all right. We don't like the violence, that's true. And we would never condone violence for the sake of violence. And yet that's what this is. Our only caveat here is not misconstruing violence with self-defense. And when the, the Stasi at the FBI are raiding homes and serving subpoenas with armed agents encroaching upon the life, liberty, and property of private law-abiding citizens at the behest of a Soviet-style government, uh, we're approaching self-defense. Actually, we're not approaching. We're in the self-defense mode at that point. 
But this situation was violence for the sake of violence. And I don't care what letter is behind anybody's name. I don't care what race, color, creed, religion, doesn't matter. We have to start holding these people accountable. And it starts in our homes, extends to our children. If your children have friends that don't have parents, it extends to them too. It extends to our township, to our county, to our state. When I talked about the crony capitalism earlier, by the way, it goes on in all levels of government. And we gotta hold them accountable. Can you imagine being a single mom, sending your kid to school, and then three hours later, you get a call, he's in the hospital paralyzed? What the foxtrot is that? You know, screw this bully, isolate the bully bullshit. I got, an, I, I, I got other activities for the bully. And we'll see how he likes it. And if I thought a Navy SEAL would do it, they wouldn't because they're decent men most of them. Well, then I'd maybe make a donation to see them work up, work up the bully. How you like it? See, that works both ways. I hate bullies, Joe. I hate bullies. Like I hate people who litter. All right, we're going to stop there because my blood pressure's soaring. <laughs> Sorry. Good Lord. Okay. Thank you everyone for um the emails and for listening again uh podcast at everythingspolitical.org and thank you as always to magic man joe strecker appreciate your time and acumen as always until next time everyone carthago delinda est thanks for listening and have a great day Godzilla! lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.